This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. The NBA has reached the midway point of this most unusual season. And what a welcome respite it is for the 76ers. The Sixers close out the first half of the season with an exciting, hard-fought overtime victory over Utah with a battle involving the number one seeds in the East and the West. One player who's been a tremendous new addition for the Sixers is Seth Curry. The 30-year-old veteran has been through quite a few of ups and downs in his professional career, but he comes to Philadelphia in the prime of that career. He's our guest on this edition of Tom's Talks. Here's Seth Curry. First of all, thank you so much for for being a part of this. As we speak uh, tonight, uh, you Sixers and first, and you take on the Utah Jazz. As players, do you guys get a little more amped knowing it's that kind of battle, or is it just an every night thing where you know you get up and you know you have to be professional and get ready for any single team? I mean. For us, it's, it's got to approach it the same way. For me, I try to take the same routine every game, just have the same mindset, and like I said, approach it the same way. I think maybe if it's like an Eastern Conference team or something like that, with a little bit more build up, it might might be a little different mindset the way we um, uh, get jacked up pregame per se. But uh, I mean, for tonight, it's just another another step in the process of the regular season, trying to get a win and, and position ourselves as good as possible for the for the postseason. When you reflect back on that game in Salt Lake City, which was just over a little couple weeks ago, how does that help you prepare for tonight? I mean, it's a different game because we didn't have Joel. So, I mean, we played a totally different style of basketball when Joel's not on the floor. We had a more open open offense, and Ben was making a lot of plays um, with, with four guys out on the perimeter. So, tonight it's going to be more um, – I was playing a lot through Joel, but – um, it's another good test for us against one of the good teams in, in, in the league. And we did a lot of good things in that game, offensively and defensively. It was just we couldn't sustain um, 48 minutes. First in the East, are you surprised at how well you guys have done so far this year? Um, not not surprised. I mean, we got a talented team. We got a lot of a lot of pieces that fit together and a good a good bench that, that's been good throughout most of the season. So not really surprised that the way we started, I think we could be in an even better position if we didn't have some of the setbacks with uh, those couple of weeks of missing uh, games with COVID and and playing with seven, eight guys on the floor. But um, I, I think we're getting better as a team. But like I said, we got a lot of talent, and um, it's just it's just a weird year that everybody's dealing with. So um, you can you got to just approach it every day the same and try to get better. The season goes along, even when you have stretches where. We win, we win games or have stretches where we lose games. You got to approach it the same way. Your this phase of your career, to me, it seems like the Sixers got you right in the prime of your career, and you certainly had your, you know, your struggles in terms of going down to the G League, the D League, and not. But do you feel like you're playing the best basketball of your career right now? I think I'm the best. Yeah, the best player I've ever been. I don't think I'm, right now I'm not playing as good. I just think my body's not in the right shape that um, it was earlier in the season. Um, just coming back from missing those 10 days with COVID and trying to get back in rhythm. But early in the season, I think I was in the best, playing the best basketball of my career. I'm trying to get back to that sense. And um, like I said, it's a long season. And I'm, I feel like I've gotten better over, over throughout my career. And, it's, and it's, I'm trying to uh, get my body and my mind and, 
just everything in, in shape to be the best I can possibly be come postseason and, and try to make a long run. And having said that, here we go with a big break coming up in years past. You might be thinking about a big Karen B on vacation. What, what is the plan? I'm sure rest and recuperation are uh, tops of your list right there. Yeah, try to get away with the family and, and relax and try to get my mind away from the game a little bit. Uh, have a few nagging injuries, try to use this time to rehab and, and get over those injuries. But I think the main part is just getting your mentally, just getting recharged and refocused uh, because the second half of the season is going to be a grind. I mean, just looking at that schedule, a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of, a lot of uh, long road trips. So um, you got to take advantage of these, these 10 uh, or however many days, 7, 10 days, whatever. So, and I don't know how comfortable you feel about this, but like, would you say there certainly are some lingering after effects physically from having uh, COVID-19? Yeah, I've had some for sure. I've talked about it uh, in the media in the, in the past few weeks, but um, I didn't get really sick throughout the, I had like a light cold, it felt like when I actually had COVID, but um, coming out of it, I've been dealing with some, just some lack of energy and um, trying to learn about it as much as possible and trying to to uh, be patient with myself and, and know it's not going to be a one month just get over the process, just gradually working on my body, working on my mind and getting back in shape. So like I said, towards, hopefully towards the end of the season, I'm, I'm at my best. What did that feel like when you were in there in Brooklyn? You're, you're not playing the game. You're sitting there with your teammates in street clothes and you get that tap on the shoulder after everything you've been through and the precautions and the testing and, you know, everything that you guys have put into this to find out, Hey, it looks like you tested positive. You have the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really believe it. At first, I thought it was like maybe a false positive or something because I was doing everything they, they asked us to do. I wasn't um, out, per se, just uh, around a lot of people. So I still don't know how, how I was able to, to get the virus. But um, from then on, I just did my, my 10 days quarantine and tried to listen to the doctors and, and our trainers and and get back integrated with the team as, as, as easy as possible. Let's go back a little bit. As I said, uh, your time in the, at the time, the D League, the Developmental League, now the G League, um, because you were with Erie and Santa Cruz, you'd get the call up and then they wouldn't pick up the second day. I mean, that you, the perseverance that you showed and just to keep on chucking through all that, wow, that must have been incredible. Tell us a little bit more about that from your perspective. Uh, it was just a, the main thing was the process of believing in yourself, knowing that, I mean, if you get the opportunity at the NBA level, uh, I feel like I was good enough to make a to make a career out of it. And it was just about a matter of being patient and, and getting better. But while I was in the G League, I was enjoying it because I was getting to play 40, 45 minutes a game, work on my game instead of being one of the younger guys on the NBA bench, not getting a lot of minutes. So um, I embraced it. Uh, I enjoyed um, getting those NBA reps. Uh, the NBA system and I think it, it paid off just getting getting to understand my game at this level and and um like I said not not sitting away on the bench but actually getting game reps and then after you know if you will graduating to the NBA you come up with this broken leg that must have been a crushing yeah. blow talk about that a little bit in terms of fighting through that yeah that was frustrating I had a I got a great season in Dallas the year before and um I was hoping hoping to build on that going to the next season. But like you said, I, I had a stress fracture in my leg, missed the entire season. So it was a little setback, but um, I, saying, I, I had a similar injury in college, so I knew I would be able to come back from it. Just 
it's a long process if it doesn't heal right away. So um, it's another instance of having a setback, having a, to persevere and, and just embrace the rehab process, keep my skills sharp and just wait for the next chance to get back out there on the court. And part of that next opportunity was in Portland where you guys make the playoffs, you go to the Western Conference Finals, and right across from you is your brother, and you guys play the Warriors. That must have been an incredible, kind of a full circle moment, I would think, in terms of playing against Steph in Golden State. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I mean, just a lot of memories that we'll remember for a long time as, as a family, just being able to watch us at the biggest stage in the Western Conference Finals, like you said. But I think throughout that year, I learned the most about myself just um, – like I said, playing at the highest level, having some good moments in the, in the playoffs and, and helping the team get to the Western Conference Finals. and um, that, was, that was a great year, like I say, just getting better as a player and, um, and integrating to that team and, and making a splash. Speaking of your family and the Conference Finals, let me take you back into the Wayback Machine for you 20 years ago. You're a 10-year-old boy. You're living in Toronto. Your father's on the Raptors and you play the 76ers in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, your dad was actually the inbound passer on that famous play where Vince Carter caught it and shot it. What do you remember about those playoffs as a fan and, you know, rooting for the Raptors? Yeah, I was young. I mean, I remember it. I remember uh, some of it. I remember just watching Vince and, and AI go at it, 50-point games. Um, I remember they were doing some, some crazy things throughout that series, but um, – I remember actually wanting to, go, wanting to travel to, to Philly to, to watch the, that last game, but my parents wouldn't let us go. Um, and I think my dad hit he had a, a couple of big threes late in that game to actually bring the Raptors back close before, like you said, being an inbound pass at events um, on that game, on that last shot of the game. But, uh, I mean, that, those are, I think that was my dad's last actual NBA game. So um, that was some last lasting memories that that was some good childhood things to remember. And then one of my other recollections from that series with at the then Air Canada Center, you and your brother Stefan would shoot around at the 45. And for our listeners, that's like the players go in the locker room. And most of the yeah. times the court is empty. And the two young Curry guys are out there. And you were literally wowing the crowd. First of all, the crowd in Toronto is just exceptional. And 19,800. And on every little shot, this hierarchy, not little shot, Hierarchy shot the crowd would literally ooh and ah. That had to be neat okay. to go out there. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember like yesterday. It was a lot of fun times. Me and Steph, um, they used to let us run around the entire arena, do whatever we want, really. And like you said, before the game started, we, they used to let us on the court in front of probably half the crowd would probably be filled by then. And like you said, they were, we were running around, throwing up threes on the court, wait for the team to come out and warm up. But um, that was just cool memories of us running around and, and having a, a, a small, a nice little audience and um, just getting used to NBA arenas and just having fun as, as kids. That was awesome. And lo and behold, you guys are both in the NBA. You know, I've gotten to know your dad a little bit over the years, but just as primarily fellow broadcasters and just an exceptional mom. And I've not met your mom, Sonia, but, you know, in fact, one time I, I borrowed your dad to try to help him, you know, tutor or, or parse out a little discipline to my son they were strict with you you went to charlotte christian and you were you know an academics were so emphasized and that was that came first both your parents were college athletes 
and you had to get your schoolwork done before there was extracurriculars like basketball, correct? Yeah, absolutely. My mom was a, mom was a um, elementary school principal, so she was definitely our priorities were were school, family, and basketball. After that, so um, like I said, she had us in line and order, and if we didn't take care of our our, our housework and our academics first, then we won't be able to be on the floor doing what we love to do the most. So, um, I mean, those. My mom uh, is the one who really raised us and, and taught us our um, morals and, and ideas and, and is really responsible for the, for the man we are today. That's awesome. So your mother was a volleyball player at Virginia Tech. Your sister played volleyball at Elon. Your wife was a volleyball player. That women's volleyball is a big part of you guys' life, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, my mom is, is, is a, a huge uh, athlete, very competitive and like so my wife, my wife is the same way. So um, hopefully my daughter can get us into some sports as she grows older. And um, Doc wants her to play, actually wants her to play golf and tennis. So we'll see what happens. Well, those are sports for a lifetime. That's for sure in terms of golf and tennis. And speaking yeah. of Coach Rivers and, and Cal, your wife, did you have to ask Doc for, for your wife's hand in marriage? <laughs> I did. I did. I went through the whole, the whole nine yards asking him, uh, make sure everything was good and, um, he's been uh, very welcoming from, from day one and, and welcoming to the family uh, pretty smoothly. So it's been a great, uh, great time to get to know them as a family and, and being able to work with them this year has been, been good. So, but it's got to be a little unusual to look across the huddle and see your father-in-law, right? It's a little, it was a little weird at first, a little weird at first, but I mean, after the first couple of days, um, it's like any other coach-player relationship. He gets on me, coaches me the right way, and uh, we're trying to come in and get the job done. So we're having fun while we're doing it, but um, I don't think it's any any out of usual. I think he he had it as hard as he had as he could as he could coaching uh, his son in Austin in LA for a few years. So this is probably a, a walk in the park for him. Circle back to Sixers basketball, then we'll let you go. And again, I appreciate it. But you've had a lot of uh, two-man game action with Embiid, obviously, on those DHOs on the perimeter. Uh, and I would imagine there's still quite a, a ceiling there for you guys. That must be a pretty neat thing to be in an action with Embiid and all of the possibilities that, that root off of that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I think um, we're growing as the year goes along, getting better at uh, figuring out different reads and doing handoffs, pick and rolls, pops, rolls. Me trying to do some action where I can actually scream for him while he's handling the ball. So working on a lot of different things, and that's just another element to offense that we have to have in the half court. As, as the defenses get better, as the playoffs come along, we have to get better at half court uh, execution. And um, having a big who can draw a lot of attention and get me shots, but also uh, finish when he, when he pops, short rolls, rolls all the way to the rim. Um, it's endless options, like you said. So that's something we really have to master as we had it head along in the season. And you've got the float game. You're a way more than some people might think. You're just a catch and shoot guy, three point specialist. But you know, you've worked on your game. But as I used to say to Kyle Korver, you possess. You're one of the best three point shooters in the NBA, and for that matter, in the world. That's a world class skill. It's like a superpower. And again, you've worked a lot at it over the years. But, you know, in the NBA, they say you got to have one thing. And if that's your one thing, that's a pretty special trait. You must be proud of that. Yeah, I mean, that's 
that's the basis of my entire game, as you said. I mean, I gotta be able to knock down shots when I open, when I'm opening and can get my shot off at the three. That's I mean, that's what I pride myself on is, is shooting a high clip at the three point line. But um, at my size, being six two, I'm not six seven, six eight like Corver guys like that who can just shoot over most people. So I gotta um, when I get people off balance or fly at me at the three point line, I gotta have some different elements in my game as far as um, side steps, pull ups, uh, floaters, and and making plays off the dribble to be a, a dynamic guard and, and do more than just spot up. So um, that's that's something I've really worked on throughout my career, and, and it's been paying off for me. And last thing, but to be in the NBA with your brother, who's become one of the most famous basketball players in the world, unparall- well, I don't want to say unparalleled success, but certainly with his, his skill sets, and to have each other and to have those dreams as kids and now to have them materialize, that must be very special. What's that, what's that been like? It's been great. It's been great to not only just uh, learn from him and, and be around him, but um, just watch his career grow as, as he's gone along from uh, high school to college and now seeing where he's at and how, how, better, how much hard work he's put in to improve his game. And seeing that payoff has been great. But um, like I said, to be able to pick his brain, to watch his, his his struggles and his experiences and, and learn from him and apply them to my actual game has helped me a lot throughout my career. So um, trying to take advantage of that that relationship and as much as I can for me personally, but also just be a, a fan and a, and a brother and, and I'm proud of everything he's accomplished as well. Without a doubt. When you think back to that slight young player from Davidson into what he's grown into be like an international star, that's an amazing journey, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's hard to believe at times. Kind of gotten used to it, but um, I mean, it's, it's a special journey, special story. And I mean, he's, he's earned it. All right, Seth. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Good luck. Enjoy your break. Stay well, which has new meaning these days. And can't thank you enough. I right, appreciate it. If you like what you're hearing, consider subscribing to the 76ers Podcast Network feed or giving us a follow wherever you get your pods. And if that happens to be on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a rating. I'm Tom McGinnis. Talk to you down the road.